0: Hey everyone, this is Jeff Lund, the host of the Mediocre Alaskan podcast. Make sure you rate and review so more people can stumble upon what you have. In addition to the podcast, my wife and I have been adding a bunch more about living in southeast Alaska on our website, themediocrealaskan.com. There you can read about hunting, fishing, foraging, gardening, our adventures building our home, and order my book, A Miserable Paradise. Thanks again, and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I have uh, Robbie Denning here today from Rockslide. which uh, if you heard the name, then you know, of course, that uh, he's from Rockslide and the home of forums and a blog and gear and podcast tips and tactics, anything you could ever want to know about hunting anywhere, pretty much around the world. Thanks for being on here, man.
1: Hey, you bet. Hey, man, you could do our intro. That was great. I forgot we had all that stuff. <laughs> well,
0: I, you know, I, I live here in Alaska, and I haven't been on Rock Slide very long, and I just thought, man, this is exactly what... How have I not really known about this? Like, this is a forum for that's so useful. I guess I kind of got in this sort of, I live in Alaska, and I got some things figured out, so I don't need a uh-huh. forum. But man, this thing is great.
1: Hey, well, good to hear, man. We, we appreciate that. And, and you know, the, the same thing... I, it doesn't matter that i'm co-owner of the place dude i learned so much on rockslide i mean i really don't know how people can't be a part of a you know a forum or something to stay kind of current i mean everything from just regulation changes to hunting issues to equipment i mean just there's just always just so much out there and, and it's one thing rock slides taught me man i don't know it all not even <laughs> close there's there's there it, it's kind of like you know a, a, a tough guy there's always a tougher guy out there right, right? If, if you just keep looking that's kind of what i've learned on Rockslide. there's always somebody out there who knows more about stuff than i do and just if, if you can go into it with an open mind man you can sure learn a lot
0: right yeah so the owner or the uh, co-founders that was aaron mm-hmm. snyder dave long and were you a founder or are you just now a a co-owner
1: okay so it started with those with those two guys those were the main founders Mm -hmm. of it those were the you know the two main guys but they had tried to launch it before and just couldn't get it off the ground and um then they met ryan avery okay so ryan avery is is my my partner now co-owner got to be careful with that word partner these kind of days not that <laughs> kind of partner business partner and um, uh, um so really it was those three and ryan was kind of behind the scenes got it off the ground got the got the uh, home page built the homepage is where all our articles are and then you know built the forum he had he had built about 50 of these things before and uh, had a lot of good experience with it and so he, they got it off the ground and then david and Aaron, we're, we're just bringing in riders, um, you know, paying us with a little bit of ownership in the company, you know, small percentages. I don't remember there was five or six of us. Um, I was just doing mule deer content for David. And then just, just like businesses are, you know, some guys move on, they do different things and, you know, things grow and, you know, guys can't keep up. So eventually Ryan and I bought out everybody. Mm. Is, is how it worked And so so now it's just us two Has been since I think we bought out Aaron in 2014 So it's just been us two since 2014
0: Nice One of the things I really like about it Is there's so much information And it's Like you can just go on there and find it Like there's so many the, the hip thing now is to have some sort of class And some of those things are excellent Some of those are fantastic And they provide you with a ton of great useful information but there's so yeah, much. we tried out to keep everything free. free. Yeah.
1: Right, yeah, like all these master classes, they're awesome. I mean, uh, you know, we we reviewed one for uh, Mark Livesey, uh that uh, Tree Line Academy, did that elk one and one of our riders reviewed it and so we got a subscription and, and dude, it was awesome. It really is. Um if guys want to go that direction, kind of have more like a private instruction, um and but we've gone the free direction, you know, ba- basically our sponsors are who who pays for the site and you know, the members just just get to enjoy it. And um it's, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've had people approach us about making it a paid for site or at least part of it, you know, like maybe a, you know, a gold level membership. And with that, you can get this level of content, but we don't want to do it that way. We've got great sponsors. And as long as we're able to continue to grow it that way, there's, there's no sense in us, you know, turn around and trying to charge members for it.
0: Yeah. So you've been around for a while. You've been hunting mule deer. That's kind of your area of expertise. What have you seen? As far as changing to content, because there was probably something or things that were out there. It was probably more in book and magazine form. And I remember getting mm-hmm. field and stream and outdoor life. Those were kind of the iconic, you know, those were the pages that you'd wanted to be in if you were a writer. And if you wanted to get information, that's where you got a lot of that stuff. There were some books out there, but then you have the internet. So how has that changed? Uh, just how the outdoors work?
1: Well, it's made the information move a lot faster. So let's just say, you know, I, I, I kind of came in, came of age hunting and probably I was born in 69. So 82, 80, 81, right around in there. I mean, I was going with dad before that, but Idaho wouldn't let kids hunt until they were 12. So 80, 81 must have been my first season. And, you know, back then you had, you know, a couple of, a couple of, of gurus that you followed jim zumbo was one of them he was in outdoor life but he didn't just hunt mule deer you know you kind of had to look for his mule deer uh, articles you know he may have maybe in the magazine every month but there's no mule deer articles so you had to you know just kind of wait for that stuff there just wasn't a lot of it out there um and there were books you know dwight shoes hunting open country mule deer kurt darner's how to find giant bucks um Uh, There was a guy, I think his last name was Shell, wrote a black tail book. I mean, I read them all because, I mean, you just go years with no new content. Right. And so everything moves slow is kind of the way to to really think about it. Where now, what the difference is now is, (laughs) I mean, I kind of say this tongue in cheek, but not really. Um, Everybody can be an expert now. Because everybody's got a platform, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, you know, posting on public forum like Rockslide or MonsterMillies.com or something. So you have to have a good bullcrap antenna, but you can find a lot more guys to learn from than you used to be able to. Mm-hmm. Right. So so that's how I, I look at it now is it's it's making the learning curve shorter and faster for guys that, that just want to get into it where, you know, 30 years ago, you kind of had to have a mentor, you know, and I was a reader. I always was, you know, I still am, you know, but not everybody is. Um, and, 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 and so, so people would pair up with a mentor and, you know, back in the day when everybody had a father, um, you know, that wasn't that hard to do, but as unfortunately, as fathers have become more, more rare in the home, it makes it harder for people to get into hunting. And so I, um, it, it's our 10th anniversary on Rockside right now. And, to to relate to your question we have a thread up right now just kind of thanking our members you know thanks for sticking around for 10 years you know helping us to get here and and a lot of them are on there posting you know kind of how they got to rock slide what they've learned from it and dude i've seen more than a few on there that are like i had no hunting mentors and Hmm. i didn't have you know anybody to follow and so if you don't have a hunting mentor you're not ordering outdoor life you know what i mean you know you're just you're just not hunting you're what's called the non-hunter and but but rock slide just brought them into the fold um and and may and you know not maybe every single step but you know they found us on the internet and oh here's all these guys that are hunting and 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 this is kudos to our members there's a lot of helpful members on there so if they would engage with them on the forum i mean i got guys just today man i was talking about back bars on my for my bow i've never put a back bar on my bow and 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 guys aren't just doing this because i'm the owner they're like oh hey dude i got a back bar right here let me send you this and, um, and you try it before you go spend 250 bucks on a back bar and, and you decide if, if that's going to be something that's going to help you. Well, you didn't have that kind of help a long time ago, you know. We're just complete strangers to be able, be able to do that. And so that's what's different now too, not just with mule deer, but hunting in general is, you know, you've just got so many more resources out there. And, um, and, and you can get into it a lot easier. And that's what those guys were saying on that thread that, you know, these guys, these are guys that weren't even hunting three or four years ago. Now they're getting an elk, you know, yeah. almost every year. Jeez. I remember when I was a kid, it was, there was like three guys in town that could get an elk every year. You know, yeah. there was guys that took them 25 years to get their first elk, you know, I mean, things came so slow. So that, that's how I see it, uh, change, you know, everything sped up
0: yeah I grew up in Southeast Alaska on Prince Wales Island, which is you know iconic for sick uh, blacktail deer and then black bear. But I didn't grow up hunting. My parents moved up when I was five from Colorado and so they'd, they'd hunted some, some whitetail and mule deer. And my dad's first experience hunting blacktail was shooting one at the bottom of a clear cut. and it was just such an absolute miserable experience hiking it back up out. And my brother and I were like, "This is not very fun at all." We're pretty young, and so we never really wanted to go. And so we just fished mm-hmm. our faces off. But you know, I didn't start hunting until I was in my twenties when I was living in California, mm-hmm. and which is talk about a place to start. But I went right. to, went to Bass Pro Shops and I bought one of those "How to Butcher a Deer" books. And I'm also yep. looking around and I'm I see this thing called the butt plug. I'm like, wait, what? What? What do right. we, What? what is this thing? This is not in the book. I don't know, but that mentor thing is so important. And I don't think that it was, you know, it was great that I had my dad. He was present. We did a lot of fishing, but it's so hard to get into something like hunting. If you have e- nothing, Yeah, even if you do buy right. a, a book and a butt plug, you still have really no idea what's going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, we got to explain what the butt plug is or people are going to be talking. <laughs> yeah. You're so, talking about that little tool that you could ram up their butt and, and cut out all their anus like yeah. in one fell swoop and not have to do it with a knife right well
0: i think that it, that's it is what it, it is called a butt plug right is that like the the name of it or something like that or maybe that well, was Well,
1: i can't tell if you're saying buck plug
0: or butt oh but yeah it was <laughs> so there was something about cause you, you you go up there and like you twist it until it snaps right. or clicks or something yep. like that then you pull yep. it out then you can tie off the lower intestine that way when you're gutting it you don't get uh you don't get fecal matter all over everything. And it makes total sense, but I just thought, wait, what is going on here? I, this is,
1: That's right. this is crazy. Yeah. Like the, the average guy is not going to go in there and buy that thing. <laughs> no, I, I think I had
0: maybe seen it somewhere or like someone sent me, I wouldn't have been sending me a picture. Cause that was like pre cell phone type stuff. I thought, no way this thing exists. It's gotta be like a joke, like a, a white elephant gift sort of thing, but
1: right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, they work. They work. Uh, but, anyways, point well taken. That yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't have a mentor, you were just basically down at the hardware store or, or Bass Pro Shops, you know, trying to figure it out. And you know, and some self-motivated guys can do that. Obviously, you know, you did and everything. But um, but now, I mean, I'm seeing guys that are going from not even hunting one year to the next year. You know, they know how to do the gutless method, and mm-hmm. you know, they're they're packing out. They're you know, they never drag anything that black tail you were talking about did your dad make you guys drag that or did he quarter it up
0: uh he somehow got it on his back but he didn't know how to make the backpack so somehow he he and we were just like standing up by the station wagon and then he just yeah so he did the whole thing but i mean it was i remember it being rainy and him just being steaming and just with anger and with frustration and just being worked out and that was yeah was kind of the, kind of the end of of hunting
1: well luckily he didn't scare you off but but that's that's my point now i mean you got guys that are you know their second year of hunting they're out there with a havilon knife and a rock slide kill kit they quarter that sucker up you know they don't take anything they don't need to and they, you know they pack it out all, all out on their back they're not you know uh, getting the meat dirty or any of that stuff from you know like traditional things and and so you know to me it's it's pretty exciting and, and when we we're off the air you know we're asking kind of how things change remember dude i'm a positive guy about hunting i mean i th- i think there's enough for everybody i think hunting needs more support i mean i i i do i think all that dude there's a whole nother camp that wants hunting to shrink and i'm not even talking about anti-hunters i'm talking about guys that are just like there's too many hunters we don't need all these hunters You know, it's just messing everything up. There isn't enough animals, more people, less animals. You know, there's, there's guys that don't like this stuff. You know, they want it to go back to the way it was, you know, where it's hard and, you know, a a high barrier to entry to get into. And and I I just, I just don't think hunting can survive if, if we're just that small of a, of, of a force out there, and we got a couple of wins under our belt here this last couple of months with uh, the, the the cat hunt in Colorado, off the top of my head, and I think the Washington bear. Um, there was a couple yeah. of them we won, and that was just simply hunters turning out in mass. You know these yeah. these, state, these state legislatures that don't, you know, they don't even think about hunting, and all of a sudden their email box is just buried. You know, yeah. they can't even, they they can't even let their intern go home at five o'clock because they got all these people calling, man, that's from strong hunter numbers and, yeah. and, um, you know, I'm getting off on a tangent, but I'm just saying that to me, this is a good thing. This yeah. is a good thing that, that people can pick this up and they don't just have to be, you know totally into it like jeff lund and robbie denning you know that well we'll get out of the hardware store and ask anybody to help us you know that these these people maybe a little more casual could get into it
0: yeah uh, i just googled real quick it's the butt out the hunter specialties butt out
1: there we uh, go, dude. Well, now different. that we've clarified it, man, I just thought someone's yeah. going to get a hold of that audio oh, us just... talking about butt plugs and yeah. we to
0: pay. <laughs> someone's going <laughs> to Google the wrong thing in the wrong place, but yeah, I, I've never used one of those anyway. Um, yeah, the. Um, I think the important thing, too, in addition with, with turning out those numbers is also how we represent ourselves. And there's a lot of people who might not be hunters, but they're not mm-hmm. anti-hunters. They're just non-hunters, mm-hmm. and they kind of get mm-hmm. it. And so if we express ourselves and we show the importance of it in a way that makes them maybe want to hunt or maybe not hunt, but at least if it comes mm-hmm. down to a vote, is a yes or no. Like, you know what, I'm... I think these hunters have their, have their heads in the right spot. I think they understand conservation and I don't think this law is good. So I'm going to vote with them. I think that's so important too. And I think the better we are at articulating ourselves, the more that we can contribute to positive things going in the future for
1: us. I I couldn't agree more, bro. and, And I'm amazed at some of the guys that will argue the point of, you know, they're like, you know, hunters, hunters it doesn't matter how we portray ourselves you know people should just buck up and get used to it and it's like wait a minute you can't act like that you can't just you can't just you know expose people to hunting in a negative light and and, you know i'm just talking things like you know kill shots on on public platforms and things like that or you know you got to be careful because people don't always understand that stuff i mean half my half my family's almost anti-hunters Mm -hmm. And, and, and I've had to navigate that for years and I've navigated it by just being careful what I expose them to. And, you know, I, I, uh, you know, you and I are sitting here laughing about a butt plug and all (laughs) this other stuff, man, I couldn't do that in front of them because they wouldn't understand, you know, they would think you were desecrating an animal. They don't, they don't understand it. You have to, you have to be careful. So, you know, I I think we, we, we got to be really careful the way we represent ourselves. You know, we're, we're in mixed company. And I always try to remember who's around. And yeah, I have to change my change my tactics a little bit depending on who's around. But I meet guys. I mean, I see them on rockslide. Yeah, screw them. I don't even care. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, they. This is my how I do it. And blah, blah blah. I'm like, man, that dude, that that's just turning people off. I mean, I remember I had a guy that killed an elk, and and um, he took all the pictures to work, and he was he was showing his buddies, and there was a lady there, and he I, I wasn't there, but he was telling me about it, and he was like, you know that. That old snag was just ripping on me about killing an elk and da-da-da-da-da. And didn't like my pictures. And I thought, dude, what, what did you even show her the pictures for? I mean, yeah, you right. can't win somebody over like that. You know, you walk in the office with your big bloody pictures and everything. We all get it. We know that elk's in your freezer. We know what it took for you to harvest that elk. We know I mean we get all that. That's no problem at all. But man, some secretary over there typing on her computer and you know, sees your bloody elk. <laughs> I just don't think it's defensible. If if people don't understand that we got it, we just have to be careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, 100%. Do you think that things are worse now or just more people have a voice? Like the portrayal of what hunting was in maybe the 80s versus now, is it more confrontational because we have the platform to be able to be confrontational? Like, Was there that underlying anti-hunter attitude back in the 80s too, or did people just not, as care, uh, not care as much and it's, it's coming more to a head more recently?
2: After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint.
1: Well, I think there's a couple things going on there. Um, first of all, there was a bigger percentage of the American population that hunted back then, and so we just had more um, implied support. And, and the vast majority of people were still non-hunters. That's who we're trying to to win, or at least not piss off and, and send them to the other side. Um, and and so you had you had that that just you know it was more people tied to agriculture and and, and rural living you know, that, that it wasn't such a, uh, an obstacle to overcome, to get them to understand hunting, even if they didn't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that, that part has, has changed, you know, we're a smaller percentage of the population now, but. To what you said, is it more confrontive now? Is it because people have a voice, dude? I'm a Bible believing Christian man, and, and King King Solomon said it a long time ago. There's nothing new under the sun, man. There's right. people are people, and people people are are the same then as they are now, and it's what you said. Now they have a voice, and you know, internet and Facebook and Instagram and all that other stuff. And so it might seem like it's a little louder, but remember, and this is why I'm into hunter numbers. We have a voice too. We have right. way more of a voice than we when we than we used to. And so um, I don't think it's really any different. It's just louder, you know. You just you, you just the conflict is more um, visible now. Um, where you know I remember, you know, I lived in uh, I went to University of Idaho for my first two years of college, and I lived in Borah Hall, and um, you know there was. It was kind of the, the demographic we're talking about. Most people on that hall—it was a men's hall—didn't hunt. Most of them were okay with it. You know, they—they—they—they—they they, 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 they didn't. not were never going to do it, but they understood I did it. Um, and then me and my roommate John Trone—you know—we're—we're—you know—we're killing everything: turkeys, steelhead, elk. You know, and and you know these guys all know it. Most of them were okay with it, but dude, there was some vocal people that were like, "You butcher." no good and it was just there was this one girl her name was summer i remember just hated us and um and it's not that we were i don't think I mean, who knows? I probably wasn't very smart as how th- I was doing it, you know, but I would bring my elk rack up to my room, but it wasn't all bloody, you know, it was just the, the skull cap. And, 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 and so nowadays, you know, maybe there is only two people that don't like it on the whole hall, but now they can get on, blow up Facebook, blow up your Instagram, call your boss, you know, they do all that stuff, but the energy was still there. You know, I still remember reading all that anti hunting stuff in the early nineties and everything. And, and just thinking how much, how much longer can hunting last? And to be honest with you, I'm an optimist. I think it's doing pretty good. You know, I mean, because you got to remember 30 years ago, I was being told by, by, you know, my elders that, oh, it's probably not going to be around, you know, and like, well, the the cool thing about it is we have a bigger voice now, too. I remember when the Sportsman Channel first kind of got big. I mean, and I still cringe. I still think we got to be careful what we show. You know, we got to be careful with that. But it also showed me just... How big hunting is in the United States? I mean, you know, hunting is is countrywide. It's every state. You know, back when I was growing up, I thought you know only, only the West were hunters. You know, I mean, I didn't realize how hardcore the whitetail hunters are and you oh, know, all, yeah. everything that goes into <laughs> into hunting everywhere. You know, every locale. Yeah. And um, uh, and it's because they're people. People are people. Just what I said. And, you know, they're gonna they're you know they're 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 gonna work hard for it and everything. And so in a way, it, it kind of. It's kind of united us in a, in a way and so so i'm not a i'm not a skies fallen jeff to answer your question i think that, that it's the same dynamics now as it was then there may be a little we may be a little closer to the edge of the cliff now because you know those those anti-voices can get pretty big but if we can all stay united support you know causes and conservation and you know all this stuff and you know not not kill each other in the meantime I think we can be pretty dang strong. There's 10, 15, 20 million hunters in the United States. That's a big, big group of people. Yeah. And, um, you know, if we can, if we can represent ourselves well, you know, I'm not talking about kissing butt, but I'm talking about, you know, not turning these non hunters against us. I think we can enjoy a lot of support for a long time.
0: Yeah. There's such a big difference between someone not liking what you do and someone not thinking that you should be able to do it anymore. And it seems like there's a, there's, there's more of that sort of, I don't like this. And so you shouldn't be able to do it. And that's, you know, calling the boss and the shaming thing is gross, but we have Mm -hmm. such great examples of people who've been such great stewards. The Mm -hmm. Rocky mountain elk foundation stands out as Mm -hmm. far as like Mm -hmm. a, it's, it's pro hunting organization that's focused on habitat and species, um, like expansion, you know, they, they, they've Mm -hmm. been responsible for so much good. And when you look at that, that's just something that's a non-debatable thing. If that is the example of hunting or uh, one of the better examples of, of hunting, how do you combat that? You know, if you're an anti-hunter and you think, well, this is, these are hunters that are putting their money where their mouth is then they're doing something. They're not just shaming people who... You, you know, no money is going toward anything else. You want to save the world, but you're not doing anything about it. All you're doing is complaining and you have these people who are saving the species. And then we have mm-hmm. these kind of common groups like a, like a ducks unlimited or trout mm-hmm. unlimited and a, a trout unlimited person fits a different sort of stereotype, maybe than a ducks unlimited, but it's mm-hmm. still the, I want to enjoy this resource and, conserve it and have it there. And we see that there's some overlap. And it's such a great thing to be able to see that and remind yourself sometimes when you're feeling really, really down about the future of these things to think there's a lot of people who are willing to do a lot of things, put a lot of money and time into things and, and make things better going forward.
1: Yeah, exactly, dude. And, and you know, as you were talking about that, those different organizations, I was thinking something too. This is something else I've learned on Rockside is there's no perfect organizations. And I see these people get on Rockside and they're ripping on the Elk Foundation because they they didn't do this at the right time, or they're ripping on the Mule Deer Foundation because they're they're supported by for Fish and Wildlife and blah 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 blah, and they don't end up supporting any of them really over just kind of some minor things, and it's like you know, we're cutting our own throats, you know, it's, you can criticize these organizations, but you're, you're a better critic from within the organization than you are from without. So if you join that organization, and then you try to make some changes, you know, that's, that's where the real power is but to just stand back and say you know i hate those guys cuz they just did this one time thing it's like you know, that's so dumb yeah. you know and, and 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 there was a time in my life i think i was that way too you know you just you just don't you just, you just don't really understand you you just think you think you think you're perfect so everybody else is and you only want to associate with those people and it's that's not how it works i mean people are flawed individuals they have People people are not all good and people are not all bad and so when you get a whole bunch of people together in an organization expect the same dynamics and so you know if you can find like back to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation dude they bought millions of acres of of of, of, of habitat and I don't have my numbers all right and everything but I mean they've they've they've, they've bought a lot of habitat that. You know it's not going to be a ski resort it's not going to be there next year or condominiums you know they've they, 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 they they've conserved the mule deer foundation has done that um the the the, the, the local fishing games like our local fishing game office right here has bought thousands of acres of winter range east of idaho falls here that 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 is protected now for you know in, in into the future as far as we can see um and and and, and so That doesn't mean everything the fishing game does i agree with in fact sometimes they really make me mad but the (laughs) overall good that they do i'd much rather hang out with a bunch of those guys and guys from you know trout unlimited and all that than a bunch of anti-hunters because they don't understand it that that once nobody cares for these animals and, and, and in the sense of we open our wallets and we pay for them there's no support for it. That's why the North American uh, model has worked. And virtually all these other countries in the world have hardly any wildlife unless it's tied to hunting. I mean, look at Africa, the, 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 the places that have hunting have strong populations, the places that don't. It's just, it's just wiped out, you know, and that, and that might be a blanket statement, but for most part, most part, guys would agree on that. And that's because they put a value on that. And so, so these organizations that do that, and if you're looking for the perfect org, it ain't out there. But if, if if your ideals line up with with you know, what kind of what they're doing, kind of their main focus and things, you know get behind them definitely yeah. get behind
2: them.
0: I'm on the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation website right now and in 1997 biologists released seven elk into uh, Kentucky and they today there are more than 11,000 elk mm-hmm. and they had their first uh, nice. elk hunt. I mean that's just hunters that's great. What a great organization. What a great, uh, what a great thing.
1: You bet. And you know what, that that there, there's 11,000 elk in, in Kentucky and, you know, there's a, you know, millions of people that live out there and maybe, you know, most of them are never, ever going to go hunt them, but now maybe they know a hunter and they know that, you know, he's, he's helped pay for that. And, 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 and so there's a familiarity with it because I'm not so much worried about winning the non hunters over. I just don't want to piss them off. And yeah. I don't say that from a sissy standpoint, I want them to be, Complacent, like you know, not upset, like what, you know, we're talking about ballot box measures that, that that could outlaw hunting. I don't want them to turn out because I don't want them to view hunting in a negative. If they don't view hunting in a negative light. The, the chance of them turning out on a ballot initiative is pretty small because who who votes on those ballot initiatives when they want to ban bear hunting or whatever? The crazies, right? Yeah. yeah. So 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 eleven thousand elk in Kentucky now from seven, all paid for by sportsman dollars. You know that that that's a win for us. You know mm-hmm. they've done the same thing in Pennsylvania. I don't have the numbers on that. I don't, don't know how close it is, but same thing. You know the thousands of, thousands of guys that live out there that are applying for those tags, and you know now they can have a dream of coming west because now they're thinking about elk. Those are all good things and that that's what I'm saying. That's the camp I'm in. But I can get on Rock Slide and show you a camp of people that are like, No, this isn't how it was when I grew up <laughs> and this is not how it should be and hunting is ruined. Dude, dude, I read it all the time.
0: Yeah. That's gotta be kind of tough because I'm sure that when you got involved with Rock Slide you wanted to be able to connect people with information and bring value to their lives. How often do you find yourself like having to either well just take a deep breath? Um, or worst case scenario, like block someone or or kick someone off?
1: Um, often more often than i than i would like to um and I, i've been criticized for helping hunters you know i have a i have a public land scouting business totally legal um have had it for 20 years there's you know a few dozen of them out here in the west as far as i know ours is the oldest one and you know we'll help non-residents find areas we can't go on the gr- and guide them or anything like that can't even meet them in person you know because you have to be an outfitter to do that um and um and, and i've had lots of guys criticize me for that like you know oh, you're helping those guys and i'm like and we help 10 or 15 people a year. I mean, it's, 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 it's a drop in the bucket, but, um, but they're, they're, those guys still see, they see no positive in it. And, um, and yet we've got hunting uh, as a percentage of the American population shrinking, and those guys are okay with that. Man, I just, I'm just not. I'm just not so so anyways yeah there's a lot of criticism out there there's um you know Aaron Snyder kind of the big guys that hunt a lot get a lot of game guys are always criticizing them oh they're shooting more than they can eat yeah but they're 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 shooting what is legal they're tagging it they're utilizing the meat through friends and relationships and you know and stuff like that these game departments have have done these surveys they've studied wildlife they know how much um, is sustainable harvest and yet there's guys that are just going insane just, uh, you know, they are, they are ruining hunting. I'm like, they're not ruining hunting. I mean, maybe that's not the way you would do it, but, um, you know, they're not ruining hunting. And so, um, as far as banning people, usually we don't have to ban people. You know, I don't just ban people cause I disagree with them, but you know, if they get out of line, they just get rude. They just get nasty or they're just constantly stirring the pot. You yeah. know, we've banned a few people over that, but you know, p- part of the reason that, you know, I'm able to speak, on both sides of a lot of these issues is because, you know, rock sides, a diverse group of people. And I appreciate those, those guys. I don't have to, uh, I learned a long time ago, we don't all have to agree. And, and, and I appreciate, you know, I appreciate their point of view because you know, it, you, you got to listen to your critics. You know, I learned that a long time ago. If you don't listen to your critics, you know, they, they could be right and you're going to miss something. And so I try to take in with, with what a lot of those guys say, but r- they've not moved me from the camp of, I think more hunters are better, not a shrinking hunter population. Yeah. I would agree with
0: that. Sometimes I get the feeling that with more hunters, it's going to ruin any potential hunt that I want to do. So, well, Why don't you just worry about like shooting your, your bow straight? Like let's, let's mm-hmm. not get crazy. Like you live here and catch a can. So you look at all those mountains that are just right there and open. If I don't get up there, then that's my fault. And someone coming up Mm -hmm. for a week, that's just one weekend that I might encounter someone, but I live here. So I've made this choice to be able to live here and I can Mm -hmm. go and I can make whatever I want happen if I want to save and if I want to do it. And if I want to stay at home and complain, I can, but that's just a waste of my time and energy. Mm -hmm.
1: Right, right. And and that's what I mean. I still think there's enough for everybody. I mean, there's millions of acres of public ground open in, in the United States for all kinds of hunting you know, and, and, um, and I want that, I want that to, to continue.
0: So you're primarily mule deer hunter, right? That's kind of been the, yes. uh, mm-hmm. looking back over your what 30 some year career of, a, as a, as a mule deer hunter, do you ever mm-hmm. wonder not to, you know, rewrite history or have any sort of regrets, but do you ever wonder how things would have been different if you would have spent more time elk hunting or if you would have. You know, it's always a trade-off. The better you are at one thing, you know, you're sacrificing something else, or are you just totally content with all the stuff that you know about mule deer hunting?
1: yeah well uh, good question man um uh you know i started off doing all that stuff my dad was 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 primarily a mule deer hunter but he hunted everything you know his, he had four brothers and you know they were all born in the late 40s to mid 50s you know so they grew up at a great time for mule deer hunting and elk herds were smaller then um and um and and they really got into the deer but as as elk The elk herds have expanded. Um, They, you know, they went in that direction too. But my dad still just kind of kept that affinity for for big bucks. He always thought they were kind of the pinnacle and the the hardest thing. And I I don't argue with people if it's harder to get a big bull or a big buck. I mean, I really don't know. I haven't killed any big bulls. Um, But what interested me was just how mule deer live and um you know they're 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 much more secretive you know bull elk are kind of you know big slobber and they'll be on one mountain one day you know across the valley three miles beyond the other mountain the next day i mean they're just a whole different animal and you know and and i did all that i've killed four elk with my bow i think i've killed a couple with my rifle and um you know i don't want to make it sound like it was easy but it you know it just just it wasn't it wasn't as much of a challenge as it was finding big deer. Now, again, if I'd have focused on big bulls, it would have been. Um, but I, I, I'm just the kind of person, dude, that I'd rather do one thing well than, than many things kind of half well. And, and 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 mule deer were just, and part of this is because the seasons changed. When I grew up, you could hunt the rut over the counter. And um, now, now you can't for the most part and in my home state, unless you can draw. And so hunting tactics, had to change and it got really hard and i just i just threw myself into it jeff and one day i looked up and i just thought man i don't have any interest in hunting elk or turkeys or are still heading and, and and part of it was you know i got married and 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 you know have young had young kids my kids are all in their mid-teens now um and you know i had to earn a living i mean that was that was part of it and so i i had you know i've always hunted a lot you know 30 to 45 days a season per year um you know i had to make room for that but still make a living and so by letting all those other things go, Jeff, that that allowed me to to focus on deer. But you know, when I'm up buck hunting and I see a big old bull down in the bottom of the basin running around 25 cows, I mean, yeah, I get excited. They're they're really cool. But I, I just when, when I did try to hunt both, there was a couple years I would hunt, archery hunt elk and deer at the same time. I never did well on either one. You know, I just just be getting the spot and scope set up on the ridge and uh, uh, looking for bucks, and a bull would bugle down in the timber, and I'm down there chasing him and lose him. Fucking eleven o'clock, hotter than crap, and the deer <laughs> have all laid down. And I just finally decided, you know what? I, I need I need to pick what I'm gonna do. And and now here it is. I'm 52 years old. and I Really, I think I was about twenty five when I. And i just said i'm just i'm just gonna hunt deer and and now looking back dude it was it was a good decision i don't feel like i really missed anything at all um and you know to get older you know maybe I will go back to hunting elk if i get more time on my hands and stuff but but honestly dude right now i want to hunt deer more now than i ever have i mean i want to i i just want to keep pushing myself as, as hard as i can i'm getting older you know my body doesn't do everything i want it to do so i gotta i gotta i gotta think through that over the next 20 years how am i going to navigate that and it's it's like I'm, I am I still want the challenge I, I I don't I don't want to give up yet and if I think if I get distracted with a bunch of other things a little bit just the way my personality is I, I kind of feel like I was giving up you know
0: Yeah I grew up fishing and so like a rainbow trout has always been the fish I want to catch and people who didn't really fish are like well yeah the rainbow trout's a rainbow trout I'm like uh nope it's not it, it can even be mm-hmm. rainbow trout from the same river but you know Uh I want to go when I was in Arkansas, I wanted to fish for rainbow trout in Arkansas, you know, and in Colorado Uh and in Wyoming, it's just, it's just so different. And then it's never over. And that's a good feeling to have. And as much as you learn, you feel like you're not an expert, but you get to the point where you're, you've practiced enough to where you're pretty good, but it still doesn't at all quench that thirst, and that's great. And I hope I never get to that point where I'm just thinking, "Well, I think I've had enough. I think I've accomplished all kind of all I can uh, accomplish in this. I think that would be uh, my ego would be totally out of control, and my wife would have been. I'm sure she would have kept me kept me in check before that.
1: <laughs> right. uh, and that's funny you bring up fishing, Jeff, because dude, I loved fishing. I mean, I, there there was one summer I think when I was 18 or 19, I fished every every single day of the summer minus, you know, maybe Sunday or something, you know, like five, six days a week. You know, I was just crazy fishing and, and rainbows, you know, they're, they're around here. The, the river rainbows are look like little footballs and, um, uh, you know, five, six, seven pound rainbows, man, just fighting like crazy. I love that stuff. And I really miss it. And, um, uh, you know, I've done a little bit more the last 10 years just to take the kids fishing, but, you know, I always have to kind of gear it to the kids and you know, I'm fishing some pond where the biggest fish you're going to catch is a pound and a half, but my heart's, my heart's in the river where the big fish are. And I love stillhead fishing. And, um, you know, m- maybe, maybe you might see me pick that back up here in the next 20 years or something. Cause I, I really, I really did love that. But again, it was just something I kind of had to let go if I wanted to, uh, I put, put the squeeze on mule deer. Yeah.
0: The benefit of being a teacher is having that, that summer off and just, just fishing king salmon, yeah. river trout. And then when salmon come in the river, it's just nonstop as you can fish 90 days in a row if you want to it's just unbelievable and never gets old you get tired especially with the fish up there yeah (laughs)
1: gosh and just that's the thing i'd love to fish chinook you know i got friends that go up there every year and everything and, and 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 you know just back back to what you asked me do i have any regrets like they're not really regrets but i I'd love to do all that stuff if I could squeeze it in, you know, but I'm, I'm still making a, making a living for five. So that's Man. what I got to do. And you know, we need to tell people how you and I met, you know, you and I met because you submitted a, um, a, an article to rock slide and, um, a, a dang good article. I thought on Southeast Alaska rut hunting tips. Thanks. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah, you bet. Dude. And uh, I've got it up in front of me. That article did, did really well for us. And, um, uh, um, you know, that was the other thing too, that kind of got me into mule deer hunting due to, you know, I, I got my degree in English. You, you might not know it by how I talk, but, <laughs> um, uh, but, but in, 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 the written word, uh, not the spoken word, the written word, because I, I did from an early age, I wanted to be an outdoor rider. And, um, uh, and, and so, you know, writing is near and dear to my heart, you know, that's, that's why I write books and articles and run Rock Slide, you know, officially, my title at Rock Slide is editor, you know, I'm in charge of all these articles that come in. And uh, so that, that's how we met you. And, and I thought that was that was a great article, man. And anytime you, you want to submit, you know, the, the doors open. Thanks, that was, man. That was great content. Appreciate that's that. probably really the only article we have in that a- aimed in that direction, you know, rut, rut hunting Sitka blacktails. I don't think I've published another one.
0: Mm-hmm. The f- the funny thing about that is like, I, I didn't hunt until I moved back here. Um, well, I didn't start hunting 12 years ago, I think 10 years ago, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But up here, because you have the four or five month season, mm-hmm. you can really pack like multiple years worth of experiences in there. And so I just got yeah. to the point where I thought that I'd kind of figured some things out. And so late start, but you know, you get four tags a year. And so you can really put some time in, learn a lot of stuff. And so I just started to figure something out. And then this year after that article is published, I had like my worst rut year ever. And I thought, well, good, just, uh, <laughs> just keep you in check just in case, uh, you, you were getting a little bit too cocky, but it just, it just didn't work. It was crazy, mm-hmm. but you know, uh-huh. I ended up with a nice one with my, with my wife, but, uh, you know, I only got, uh, Got, well, I punched three tags, so it's not a bad year, of course, but uh, yeah, just, uh, just kind of funny how what that works. What was
1: the tough part about it?
0: It seemed like everything I was trying to do in that instructional like d- didn't end up working out. It was like all the same sort of approaches, and you, you know, you creep to the muskeg, and then look at those edge boundaries. You know, Don't go mm-hmm. all the way into the muskeg, and paying attention mm-hmm. to the wind, and doing extra hiking to get there, but it just seemed that it, maybe maybe it was the weather, maybe it was that was my wife and I, so there was two and it was a little bit more loud, but it just, we weren't seeing stuff and we, we we're in a, a couple of areas that had some just great rubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't uh, materialize uh, as uh, as it had in previous years. And the the one time we, we knew East got at a brand new spot, went there totally blind and then uh, everything worked out perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. but man, it was just one of those years. Sometimes you have that and then you get that if you have like four good weekends and the first one is just kind of, okay, no, no big deal. You know, I learned some stuff and the next weekend it's okay. This is, this is prime. This is it. And it doesn't happen. And all of a sudden it's like, man, we only got two weekends left. You know, we're looking at the last four days and that panic can kind of sent, uh, can, can settle in a little bit, but I can't imagine what it's like there for, for you guys
1: for the, you know, the shorter seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We really officially have a 14 day deer season here. So, um, I, I hunt almost the whole thing. I'm so freaking worn out by the end of it. That <laughs> I almost hate to even say the word hunting. Um, uh, but, uh, you know what I've learned you're, you talking about, you know, that this year was just an off year for you. You know, I've kind of learned with deer hunting, uh, and it took me a while to get this through my head. You can be doing everything right. and and sometimes it just doesn't work out you just got to give it more time and um you know i've been through a few few slumps in my career i'm in one right now haven't touched a deer tag in two years and that used to rattle me pretty bad and now it doesn't i know nope you know what you just keep plugging in the right variables in the formula and it's going to work out um you know because it's still as as much as i try to say it's not a game of luck it's still you're you know you have to get lucky yeah do everything right and 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 if, if if things don't cooperate you know, it, you, you you can still be wondering, man, did I do something wrong? And I've kind of learned, nope, didn't do anything wrong. It's just it's just deer hunting. You know, it's just like fishing. Sometimes you go out and everything seems perfect. You don't catch fish, you know. And, and then the next day, you, you're, you're going crazy doing the same thing. You know, I've, I've, the problem with deer hunting, dude, is, you know, you, big game hunting compared to fishing and, like, wing shooting and everything, it's boring. You know, <laughs> I mean, you really – you get, you know, one shot a year, you know, unless you're in a place where, like you said, you get four deer tags or something. But, you know, really, you know, one shot a hunt is – is is the goal and everything so you know you got these just days of of i don't want to say boredom but just no action you know what i mean and um but but i guess that's why we do it because we know it can all come together and just you know just just seconds it can come together it can go from just the worst hunt to the best hunt
0: yeah i i got a i think it was a one point maybe a two point um wyoming mule deer tag so my wife and i were down there hunting and it was it was pretty warm and so we're just kind of hiking around, and I'm thinking, this is this is so, so different. There's no trees to hide behind. There's no like mm-hmm. clear muskeg stuff. It was so difficult difficult to kind of figure it out, and I was just thinking, I just want just one chance. Just give me one chance, one chance. And then mm-hmm. on day four, I missed a buck. I thought that was it. I wanted my one chance, and then I missed, and then uh-huh. it's over. But then the next day it snowed, and it was amazing how these deer that did not exist the previous week – were just up and moving. And it was crazy yep. from yep. nothing at all, except some lone forky that I missed. And then all of a sudden we're seeing, you know, some smaller ones, but I mean, they're mule deer, so they're way bigger than the blacktail. And so I ended up shooting one and I thought, man, I, I got two chances. I, I just wanted yeah. one and I screwed that That's up, so but fun. I got two because it snowed and the snow was the absolute key and they were everywhere. It was just crazy.
1: Yep, yep. And, you know, our, our mule deer live in comparatively open country compared to, you know, a lot of the the, 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 the other deer species, you know, whitetail and uh, blacktails. You know, on average, mule deer are in more open country. And so, snow can make a huge difference because you can see them. Yeah. And it's just weird you can be in wide open country and still, like, not see them. And then you get snow as a background. And especially right after the first snow and there no sun has hit the bushes and so even the tops of the bushes are white not just the ground but the tops of the bushes are white that's when deer really pop Um, because um, you know they're the only dark thing out there where you know the sun comes out for a morning and melts all that stuff off now it's like looking at um, one of those Beverly Doolittle paintings, um, you know, which ones I'm talking about with the, with the horses that are hidden back in yeah, the trees, you know, the yeah. Indian faces that, that snow can work against you when, 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 when it's had a little bit of melting because now you're back to this mosaic and you're mm-hmm. trying to pick deer out of it or when it's all white, like what you were hunting. Yeah. It's all sudden. man, there's a whole bunch of deer here. Did they migrate here? No, probably not. They were probably just here and just
0: <laughs> couldn't see them. <laughs> just watching you walk by. Yep. Have you done uh, much in Alaska?
1: Never been there, dude. Oh man never never been there <laughs> but it was a dream as a young band but it's fading fast now <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's 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 got to be on everybody's list and it is but there's just so many things to do it's overwhelming like as a as a fly fisherman you have to go fish for bonefish in key west or bolivia or something right or patagonia mm-hmm. but sometimes right. it just doesn't happen like i live in alaska and i've never hunted for moose it just seems yeah, well, wow. ridiculous <laughs> but
1: wow yeah when you guys get mule deer i'll probably be up there although (laughs) i would i would come salmon fishing or still head fishing i I probably really that's what you would see me up there but you know caribou moose sheep all that stuff it is all very very cool but dude every day i'm chasing something besides mule deer it's it bugs me (laughs) you know i feel like i i feel like that's the day i could have spent on mule deer
0: Well, uh, I will tell you uh, that there are mule deer sightings in uh, interior Alaska now. They've migrated up a little bit, and this, I guess, is maybe the 80s when they started seeing some of those. So those big ones from central Canada have made their way up and over. So you said it, and there's a... there's documentation on this podcast that if Alaska, oh my deer, gosh, dude, so, I'm,
1: man, you I can, now have to go Open a corner. I got to go now. Yeah. You know what? That actually sounds cool, dude, to be hunting a new mule deer herd. So, so, uh, you know, that wouldn't be all bad. And, and that's pretty cool to know. I've never heard that, dude. When I researched my book in 2015, you know, I, 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 I didn't really know how far north that mule deer existed. And, um, uh, um, at Yukon there's well, one of the parallels that go through Yukon was was as far as they had been documented um, and so this is the first time I've heard of them being being north of that yeah I am almost positive
0: that it's one of those things where they add it to the regulations just in case but not because there's a viable population or something they would really expect but I'm almost positive that it's even in the regulations um, I'm not sure if there's a bag limit, but it's, uh, like if you happen to see one, it wouldn't be against the law to shoot one, but they'll have to well, get dude, back that, to you Wouldn't, on it, be, that
1: wouldn't it be cool to like get, get the first, first, uh, big mule deer in Alaska. That so, would be, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, if you see an article or something or you, uh, a page out of the regs, man, and, and take me a screenshot and send it over.
0: Actually, uh, right here, Unit 12, at the bottom of Unit 12, it says, Mule deer and white-tailed deer may be harvested. See page 28 for more information. So that is Unit 12. It's upper uh, Tanana White River area. That's right on the border of of Canada, north of the Wrangell-St. Elias. So, yeah. (laughs) Looks like you're, like you're coming to Alaska
1: okay bro uh, that's he right here on the Jeff Lund podcast yeah perfect <laughs> well what do you, you got, got for right uh here?
0: what do you got for a closer man to taking about an hour of your evening uh what do you got
1: well let's see um uh i i i get this question on a lot of podcasts and a lot of guys ask me you know is, is the future bright for mule deer or they just tell me it's not bright and um uh i, I think the future for mule deer is whatever we're gonna make it and i think um uh you know you got to always got to consider weather with a lot of mule deer populations especially in these northern states and we just went through a real slump and i think that's why a lot of guys are down and um you know i just went through two years without punching a punching a, a tag it's the least mature bucks i've seen since about 93 94 uh the last super hard winter that we had and but it's healing up now it's healing up and so i think some of these guys that are that are thinking you know they're know they're down for the count i think they're going to be surprised if we get you know i know this year i saw more good bucks on the winter range than i've seen since 2016 and um and we're gonna looks like interior west gonna have a decent winter this year you know hopefully have some spring rains because we don't want to go right back into a drought but i think guys are going to be pleasantly surprised and and um i think it just reminds me that for the most part, weather manages these mule deer populations. But yeah, you know, number of tags can can, can manage the number of mature bucks because really most of the West is under bucks only hunting. But I think if, if, if guys are kind of down, just get back out there in the next, you know, this, this fall. And, and, and I think we're going to see some more big bucks hitting hit the ground. And I remember feeling the same way several times in my career. And then, bam, they come back and um and get out and join the mule deer foundation they've Hmm. got um just an annual membership that's only 35 dollars. and if for nothing else you get uh, four issues of a really well put together magazine a year Hmm. and it's got a lot of how-to in it it's got some great writers in it it's got recipes in it i mean it's a good resource and and then beyond that you're also going to get to see you know all the all the challenges that mule deer are going through, but all the things people are doing to help them and, and dude, mule deer are responsive. You know, that's, they, they do respond to management. That's why I don't think they're down for the count everywhere. We try to manage them for the most part, we get pretty good results. You know, as long as we're taking care of the habitat and the weather cooperates and everything, we get pretty good results. And so that's, I guess that's how I would end it right there is I think the the future of mule deer is in our hands. and I think the future is bright. If we want to be, want it to be get out, join the mule deer foundation. They're not a perfect organization organization. organization. None none of them are, but they need our help. And they've, they've got some great membership levels above that too. You know, I'm a lifetime member myself and I'm just totally believing what they're doing and um, they're good. They're a force for good. So that's how I'll wrap it up right there. That's good. That's perfect. As, as
0: an add on to that, uh, my wife bought me a membership to Mule Deer Foundation and with it came a raffle ticket. And with that raffle ticket, I won a 22.
1: See, man, the it's just good stuff happening <laughs> just, out there you know i can't guarantee everybody's gonna win the 22 but but uh you know looky there
0: yeah that's perfect <laughs> and then the winter 2022 issue i have an article in it the uh mule deer hunt that i was just describing i'm in there so yeah
1: dude just, mine is laying around here somewhere i did not know you were in there i gotta go check it out what's your article on
0: uh it was on that uh on that buck just wanting one chance and how everything just was just falling apart until it snowed and things got better and my wife and i both we both shot bucks within the same like mile radius on the same day it was it was crazy
1: excellent and then so, you, then you got, a, you got a you got a you got an article in the mule deer foundation that that is really cool jeff yeah i, I gotta go find my mag right now i'm looking <laughs> around my office in my chair thinking that thing's laying here somewhere and the winter issue it came out at like the first of the year right
0: yeah it's got that uh really nice buck just staring uh i there's that's a buck that wouldn't be i, I would get so jelly-legged and i'd probably just pass out if i saw something like that
1: is, is there like snow on on top of his head
0: um there might be. I know there, it's an all white all the way around it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I got it here. As soon as we hang up, I'm going to go find it, dude. Yeah, oh, there there you go. You know and that and that's the cool thing about the Mueller Foundation, dude, is you know, you look in that magazine, you know, cuz you said your buck was a 2 point. Did I hear that right? Oh,
0: that's the one I missed. i ended up shooting a 4 point.
1: Great. So, you know, they're putting they're putting Uh, pictures of bucks like that in there you'll see kids hunting in there you'll see great big trophy bucks in there you know they're not it's not a trophy mag is what i'm trying to get at you know Mm. there's that stuff's in there but it's it's all encompassing you know the um there are a lot of good articles in there about you know when to harvest does you know when to limit tags you know migration hunts i mean there's there's that's what i mean for 35 bucks a year even if you don't even care about the mule deer foundation i guarantee you're going to be a better buck hunter if you get that magazine yeah
0: that's good. Well, and now thanks. that I know
1: Jeff Lund is in it, man, I got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, thanks, man, uh,
1: for all that you're doing, for all that you're putting
0: up with, um, and all the stuff that you provide through uh, through Rockslide and uh, all that you're doing. Uh, appreciate it, and thanks for coming on here.
1: You're welcome, Jeff. My pleasure.
0: Take care, man.